Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project, where purpose-driven leaders unite to change the game of life and business forever. Here are your hosts, Susan Hobson and Rob Kalvroski. Have you ever considered using technology to upgrade your leadership, to improve employee experience? On this week's episode of Leadership Launchpad Project, Doug Campbell-John, the founder and CEO of Airspeed, comes on the show to talk about how we can use technology as our leadership Iron Man suit. We have some incredible insights about using technology to become deliberate about our employees' experience from the interview stage all the way until they leave our company. You can get two months free of the Legacy League community at EliteHighPerformance.com slash Legacy League. You'll get all our videos, podcasts, articles, blogs, and interact with elite coaches as well as other community members there. Head on over and sign up. That's EliteHighPerformance.com slash Legacy League. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. And here's the interview with Doug Campbelljohn. Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski, and back in action, Susan Hobson's here. Susan, how are you? I am excellent. I feel so good. Let's go. Let's get this party started. You got to have a quote for us, though, right? Before we dive in. Absolutely. And so... What do we got today? I have one here from Leonard Sweet, and he says... The essence of leadership is relationships, influencing people to achieve things together that can't be achieved alone. Tell us why you chose that one today, sir. And that's one is it's the growth that many of us leaders go through, right? Is this element of being, you know, the I'm alone, I'm trying to be the superstar individual contributor into mm-hmm. now I'm leading teams and now I'm focusing on the team because they're ultimately the ones who are leading to my success as a leader. And then also because we have an incredible legacy league community going and mm-hmm. where you can go and connect with other elite leaders out there, get content, join us live, ask Susan and I questions and the rest of the coaches at elite and Really, also, which is an amazing free part of this, is the Legacy Factor mini program that we have up there so you can connect to your legacy. So we want you to get in there and start achieving the best that you can do. So EliteHighPerformance.com slash Legacy League. Now, we have a special guest with us today. The CEO and founder of Airspeed, and the description for Airspeed for folks is the easiest way to connect and celebrate your team, improve your team's happiness, engagement, and collaboration. We have the CEO and founder, Doug Campbell-Johns with us. Doug, how are you? Great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, for joining us. And maybe we'd love, before we get into you, what do you think about the quote? I think the quote was spot on. I was just smiling and jotting it down as you were you were saying it because that's uh, you know that's been my experience as a CEO of multiple startups and a executive in large uh, tech firms and also kind of the mission of Airspeed. We always said our mission is to help employees feel connected and celebrated, and uh, I think that's the the missing link in a lot of companies. I think that that you know especially we found during COVID, uh, if your job is just showing up and doing a bunch of back to back 
Zoom meetings with people you don't feel connected to and and uh, a mission you don't feel connected to, then you're just going to go move on to the next highest bidder for your your Zoom time. So that's really the differentiation. I think that's the, that's what really sets great companies and great teams apart. Absolutely, and I I want to dig in more than more into that. But before we get there, tell us about yourself. Like, how did you arrive to where you are today with Airspeed? Sure. Uh, so my Airspeed journey was um, I've been a serial entrepreneur. Uh, my last company was acquired by LinkedIn back in 2015, uh, 2015 and uh, I ran the Sales Navigator Group. It's a, a version of LinkedIn for salespeople for about four years. Um, it's kind of, you know, getting bored, uh, didn't have my next startup idea yet. Uh, Salesforce came calling and asked me to be the GM of Sales Cloud. And I said, oh, that might be interesting. So I started in February of 2020. And six weeks later, the world looked like this. And uh, I, had, I had met maybe like 10% of my team. Uh, you know, so we did all the same stuff everybody tried. We tried Zoom happy hours and Zoom yoga and lots of new Slack channels and um, you know, more all hands meetings and all that stuff. And in the process of witnessing all of this, I kind of just realized that all of this culture stuff was just scattered all over the place. It was sitting in, you know, um, you know, Google Drive folders for all hands meetings or, you know, Slack. Slack is kind of like a river that we're just the kind of stuff watches downstream, never to be found again, oftentimes. And, um, kind of realized there was a missing piece, um, especially in this new world of, you know, more remote or hybrid work. Uh, so we decided to set out and kind of build an operating system for culture and take all these moments uh, in an employee's journey from when they first, you know, come onto the company or even before they join the company to when they're alumni of the company and try to have software help along the way. I love that. And Doug, one thing I just want to get into more is this element of recognition and celebration mm -hmm. because... Yeah. 65% of employees haven't received any form of recognition for good work in the last year, which oh is an astounding st statistic to me. Wow. So can you tell us a little bit about, one is, why aren't leaders giving folks recognition? And then how do we start to bridge that gap? Yeah, it's a great point. And, and you know, the way that we built our software was like, all the things that it used to do in the physical world, like how do we not just in the in the remote world uh and frankly by the way we found all the things that we're talking here are equally applicable whether you're in the office five days a week or zero days a week or anywhere in between um but it was just kind of like how do you help people uh do the right thing so recognition is a great example uh at linkedin we used to do this uh senior leadership meeting where uh once a week where you go around the room and give a shout out to another person or team but oftentimes that person wasn't even in the room. So the team or the person never even heard the recognition. Um, and, you know, there was so much volume of activity. I think, I, I think most people have the right intention and there's just so much other stuff going on. So one of the things that we found software can be good at is doing things like, um, hey, let me nominate somebody for, for recognition. Or let me queue up some recognition to somebody when a trigger has happened, when a deal is closed over a certain amount or a certain amount of code commits have completed. Um, so how do we help a manager do the right thing? And then how do we, as you said, how do we just make people aware of stuff? Like, here's three people on your team that haven't received any recognition from you in the last six months, right? So I think that's um, really important. What's, what's also really key for me is, though, is making it genuine. Uh, so I think the thing that software can't replace is, you know, human empathy 
It can't, uh, you know, if something is just an automated bot that just says, congratulations, Rob, you know, it's your, you know, <laughs> there's, there's no emotion attached to that. There's no, there's, it's actually almost worse than getting no recognition. So I think that's, those two things have to come, come together, which is how do you help people remember to give recognition at the right time? And the immediacy of it is really important. Like something just happened, give it now. And then how do you do it in a way that's really genuine? I love this. I want to dig in since you're such an expert in terms of engagement practices. We were just talking about this in one of our previous interviews, how, you know, engagement is at what, 33% Gallup's most recent uh, research suggests. What are some of the things that leaders are continuing to do wrong here in 2024 in terms of why those engagement scores continue to be so low? You know, it's interesting when, when, you know, so my last company flipped up was pretty small. We were about 30 person company when we got acquired by LinkedIn. And that's thanks to the 10,000 plus person organization at the time. And I think the biggest aha moment for me in the first, you know, few months there was watching how deliberate they were about cascading communications. Um, so you would see things start at the executive suite level about here's what we're going to do for the year. Here's what we're going to do for the quarter. Here's, uh, you know, always repeating the vision and the mission. And watching that cascade down in a very deliberate way through the organization. I think that, you know, what, if, if anything, what COVID taught us is we have to be as deliberate about cascading culture. Uh, and I think that, um, uh, one of the, the, she's a great HR leader, Pat Waters, who was at, um, LinkedIn and is now at UKG, um, leading, uh, uh the people up function there has this whole model of, of how do you have, this emotional journey for an employee? And how do you almost think about, you know, okay, how do you make sure they have an interview process where everybody interviews, even if they don't get the job says, Oh, my God, that's a great company. That was a great experience. It was a great company. I want to work there. How do you have somebody coming on the first day and saying, Oh, my God, I'm even more excited about the company now at the end of my first day than I was before I, you know, the beginning of the day? How do you have somebody in the first 30, 60, 90 days making sure they feel like, this company sees me, this company recognizes me, I feel like I have all the resources, I feel like I'm getting to know my teammates. And how does that deepen over time? And then how does that build into a lifelong relationship? Um, you know, LinkedIn had this great phrase called uh, next play, which was kind of recognizing, you know, it's not like you're, you're fired or you quit. It's like, you came and gave us a chapter of your life and hopefully gave us some good service. And we want to maintain that relationship. You're going to go on to do great things. And we want to keep building this full network, um, very LinkedIn style. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I think that, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that engagement model, I think the engagement stuff is, you know, when somebody is not feeling that connection to, you know, inspiration to the mission is not feeling connected to their colleagues. Um, they're kind of just in their, in their silo and doing work. Of course, engagement is going to be low. So I think, you know, a very long answer to a short question, but I think that's, it's about being as very deliberate around all of these touchstones and milestone points uh, and making sure you're thinking about that emotional journey that the employee is going on. That to me is such a powerful framework. Um, I see a lot of folks now with the interviews, especially where they're getting ghosted or, or they get mm -hmm. a job offer and they show up and it's not there or even the inverse where companies hire them and the people don't show up. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of that. And then even in my career, I've always found the first day was the worst. 
because yeah. it's like, oh, here's here's like a stack of paperwork. Please sign all uh, this. And yeah. then just like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but what are some maybe yeah. maybe what are some of the considerations for that first day of work? Yeah, I think I think part, you know, you you mentioned one of it. Get as much of that stuff done before you ever show up, right? So we we have something where um we uh we've always made sure that like all the paperwork's taken care of to degree which you can unless you had to sign them in person which no one needs to anymore um we always when we were in person we would do an in-person lunch right now we do a virtual lunch so everybody gets you know doordash you know certificates or uber Eats certificates and comes in and has has you know they don't you don't have to watch people eat for an hour but you're having a set of conversations in my old companies we'd do this uh we, we had five questions and I can't remember all five, but I think it was like, what was your first concert? What's your, you know, something we'd be surprised to know about you. Most embarrassing moments, you know, um, uh, thing you're most proud of outside of work and your kids. Um, so we had these sets of questions and it was just a really fun getting to know you moment for, for the lunch. And I always thought that was like, you know, peak, peak experience. Uh, but what I realized is anybody who joined after that person or anybody who wasn't at that lunch, never heard those answers. And that person never got to hear the answers of all the people that they were going to be working with. So that was one of the apps we developed at Airspeed. We developed this intros app. So as soon as you join the Slack workspace, you're getting prompted with a set of questions that the company has as standard or the team has a standard, depending on how you how you want to structure it. Um, and you kind of introduce yourself to the team. And then you get this message back that's like, here's all the people you're going to be working with. And here's how they answered it. That's actually, again, a better than in real world experience, but that's just a kind of a, a way to get to, you know, make it personal. And I think there's a, I think in work, the, I've always found the best teams are obviously you start with great people. You've got a very clear sense of direction of where you're going, but there's that kind of like trust layer that builds up over time. And it's about getting to know the person behind the LinkedIn profile. It's about really getting to, you know, there's vulnerability that's being brought to the table where people are kind of, you're, you're getting to understand who they are. And, and that's really hard to do remotely. Um, you know, we help with our tools, but, you know, we still get together face to face. You know, we're getting the team here in Park City in, in another quarter, just flying everybody in rather than having an office space because that face to face time really matters. So I think on that first day, clearing as much of the paperwork out of the pos- as, <laughs> out as possible, making sure like, you know, the first meeting you have is with the manager where you're sitting down and saying, here's what the 90 day plan, I've already come with you with a draft of the 90 day plan, but this is a working document. We're going to collaborate on this. Um, and, uh, and then making sure that they're, they have all the resources, everything's turned on. You're not waiting for, you know, email, Slack, Zoom, all that kind of, uh, everything's kind of all set up for you. So you can be productive right away. You've got your laptop before you ever start. Um, and then merely making sure that you feel welcome for the team. Um, and we, we, we kind of do, we, we really do almost like exit surveys. Like how was your first day? How was your first week? Um, and the goal should be like, you feel like I've kind of come up to speed in that first week. And I've had a day, the first day that made me feel really welcome. Wow. I love the depth at which you consider the employee experience. It sounds like throughout all of your answers, that's the common thread, right? It's just like yeah. really prioritizing and valuing the employee's experience. So I was wondering if you could tell us a story about, you know, one of the companies that you've worked with, you know, that has Mm -hmm. benefited from the use of airspeed and how that's helped them to improve their 
collaboration, their engagement. Yeah, just like their operations as a team. Could you share a testimony? Yeah. Yeah, we have a family of six apps. And so the goal is you kind of pick and choose what functionality you want. And we've, you know, we have, you know, folks who communities get to use it for free. Um, you know, companies below 50 get to use it for free companies above 50 uh, pay, a, pay a modest fee. Um, but we've we, the, the best companies have embraced most if not all of those apps for all of these moments. So we have, you know, like the, the intros app, as I mentioned, for the first day. Uh, we use another app called Icebreakers. So we used to do this again, go around the room and say, what's a personal win from last week? Um, and it was great. You know, you got some verbal description and people were engaged. Um, the problem was, again, if you're not in the room where it happens, you don't get to hear that. And it's, and it's what I'm telling you. So if I said, I just got a new puppy or, you know, we just had a baby and like you never see visuals. Um, and it took like half an hour. It was like half the meeting, right, to go, go around the room. So Icebreakers now we use every week and, and companies, uh, our best customers use this where in a weekly meeting, they'll get a notice 24 hours before in Slack. They'll say, you know, ask a question, like what's a personal win for you? They'll get to attach from their phone. They can just go attach photos, videos, stuff like that. I spend like five minutes in the beginning of our, of our weekly team meeting going through and say, oh, so-and-so just went to a concert. So-and-so, you know, got a puppy. So like, and you're getting to see these people in a whole new light. So that's another one. Uh, there's a map called, there's an app called maps where you can kind of see where everybody is not in real time. We're very careful about privacy, but you know, kind of, kind of, you know, where people are, their home office and when they're traveling and people are using that all the time in big companies to a facilitate local meetups when people, even people who are, you know, their main office or their main home offices close to each other, or they're traveling, or even some companies have done, Hey, we're going to create a budget. If you've got more than X number of people in a certain geographic area. Here's your kind of culture budget. You guys can go out for pizza, beer, whatever, you know, once a month, once a quarter. Um, and so they're using the Maps app to help facilitate that and make that happen. Um, I think the the shout outs app we use, I mean, you mentioned, Rob, the, the recognition piece. Um, one of the things that I've had my uh, VP of engineering, for example, do in the past is email me when there's somebody he'd like me to give recognition to. Because uh, what he found is it's, you know, yes, he could do it, but it's even more effective if it's coming from me. Um, so we built that into our shout outs app. And so the shout outs app has the notion, I just got one today where he was like, hey, one of our engineers, Pietro, did an amazing job this weekend. You know, it would be great if you gave him some recognition. And you're basically templatizing how to give great recognition. What did they do? What was the impact? What company values did that represent? So it's all kind of really set up in a simple way to go do it. And if you're really stuck for it, you can go hit a button and like, you know, help me generate with AI so I can kind of like sound better in it as well. Right. <laughs> um, so we do that. And then built into that app are things like reminders. Like I've got a reminder for myself, like, hey, I'd like to give a shout out at least once a week. And so it'll send me a Slack message if I haven't given recognition that week. And we also found that on Fridays is, you know, we, we plotted when people are doing uh, feedback. And Fridays are the peak days for people giving free feedback. So we have this feature you can turn on called Feedback Fridays, where it's like, hey, now's a great time to go recognize your colleagues and you know, like kind of gamify it even a little bit. Um, uh, so that's that one. And then uh, let's see, uh, celebrations is one where we just, you know, every time you've got like work anniversaries and, and birthdays, you know, you usually have an admin chasing somebody around to sign some digital or physical card. We just put that all on autopilot. It's like, you know, put all the dates into the system. And it automatically chases people around and says, hey, it's, you know, it's, it's Susan's, you know, fourth work anniversary coming up. 
Um, the thing we're, we're doing there that I think is interesting is don't just say, hey, happy fourth work anniversary, Susan. We ask a question, um, you know, what's the thing you admire most or, or you appreciate most about working with Susan? So when you get this work anniversary card, you get like all this, all this love coming your way about like, this is what people actually like, like about working with you. Um, and then birthdays, you can, you know, attach silly gifts and all kinds of stuff like that. So that's just a flavor of some of our apps and kind of how they all come together. And I think the best companies we find are using, you know, most, if not all of these apps in the flow of this customer journey. I just have to say it's so fascinating, right? Because we, we, we obviously started this show to talk about leadership 2.0, like upskilling leaders here in 2024, because it's all about the human centric approach, right? That's new school leadership. And here we have all these apps and all this technology suddenly coming into this space, right? And so I'm just curious, you know, how much of that can technology replace? And if that's the trend in terms of where we're headed, what are the things that us 2.0 leaders really need to hone in on and focus on developing the most that technology can never supplement? What's your Yeah, point? I think... I Listen, I think it, it all has, you can't fake this stuff. You know, it has to come from a genuine place of actually caring about employees, actually wanting them to have a, you know, a great experience, a great journey of having your own company culture that you're kind of reinforcing at these steps. Um, you know, uh, it, it's kind of like software is like the Iron Man suit, right? It can help you fly further and faster, but it, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to make all the decisions for you. Um, and you wouldn't want it to, because it's not going to, it's not going to actually feel like genuine leadership, genuine. Uh, process. So I've had the good fortune in my last, you know, two companies I was at of working with great leaders like Mark Benioff and and uh, Jeff Weiner and Ryan Roslansky at at LinkedIn, who were really, I mean, like if you look at those companies, those are employee first companies. They care deeply about that journey. They care deeply about the mission of the company, not just being about like let's make a buck, but let's actually give back as well, and let's you know have a have a higher purpose. Um, and I think that's one of the things to realize uh, for 2.0 leaders these days is, especially if you are uh, one of our advisors, Chris Lockhead talks about native digitals, uh, uh, analog natives and digital natives. So if you're over 35, like I am, you know, you're probably an analog native, right? If you're under 35, you're a digital native. Um, and that's really important to keep in mind when you're designing these company cultures, because if you're under 35, work is not just a paycheck. It's like, I want to find community there. I want to go find meaning there. I want to find like, you know, I, I, I'm, I, if I'm choosing between two jobs, those things are going to be, I will, I will actually sacrifice, you know, compensation for having a better sense of mission, better sense of, uh, of community. Um, and I love that uh, analogy of those, those kind of two, two groups. Uh, like the thing Chris said was, if you're over, you know, if I came to your house and I would probably ring the doorbell. If you're under 35, that seems really rude. Like, I'm just going to text you. I'm in the driveway, right? So, you know, that's a great example of as leader, you need to think about how are you creating these journeys for, you know, this, this wide range of uh, needs and desires. I just have to say here in Costa Rica, they don't do either. They just honk the car. That's <laughs> 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 awesome. But, uh, but yeah, I love, I love this. And Doug, I mean, I'd love to hear, like, what do you think leaders need to be 
good at or what are the skills they need to develop to be successful in 2024 and beyond, especially like taking into account like AI, like literally I got an email two days ago, which was Mm -hmm. like, Hey Rob, do you want to create a clone of yourself that can provide off hour coaching to all your clients? And I was like, can they do the zooms for me? (laughs) (laughs) Soon. Yeah. Yeah. What what do you, what are your thoughts? So I think, listen, I, I, I love actually the branding Microsoft did with AI for copilot. Cause I think that's the right framework to think about. It's like this, this augmentation tool, this, you know, the super suit, as I said, um, but at the end of the day, it still all comes down to people, right? I, I think that, um, you know, I, I give new employees our culture presentation, our values presentation, because it's so personally meaningful to me. And one of the examples I use is that if you, if you remember back to the Enron days, you know, they had their values etched in marble in the lobby, and one of them was integrity, which oh, was God. bullshit, right? Which was like, because, you know, that's not, you know, words on a plaque don't mean shit, right? It's all about who do you hire and who do you fire as well. And so I think it still comes down to who are you bringing into your company? Um, and I've over time kind of come up with these like three tests for like this customer journey. So the, the hiring process, I came up with what I call the awesome test. Um, and so when we interview people, we debrief after their final you know, group presentation and we just go, excuse my language, like is that person fucking awesome, right? And if you can't say, Hell yes. Like without hesitation, we move on and we said goodbye to some amazing people. But if you're not like, you know, super enthusiastic about that person right away, it's the wrong choice. Right. And you're still going to, you're still not going to bat a thousand. Right. You know, but, but we try to hold that bar really high. Um, Then you want to make sure, I think one of my key jobs is not only, you know, bringing the right people on the bus and getting the wrong people off the bus, but making sure the the people on the bus are really engaged and excited and we're not going to lose good people. Um, so the second test I came up with was what I call the fun test, right? And I just randomly asked people, are you ha-, usually in person because I want to see eye contact, you know, are you having fun? And I just found people are shitty at lying about that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah like, you so can't fake that till you make it, can you? So it's one of those things if their voice goes up an octave or there's a long pause, I'm like, ooh, we have a problem here and let's right. dig into this and let's try to figure out what to go solve and and how to go make that happen. Um, and then the last one I just stole from Netflix, it's called the keeper test. And the keeper test is if anybody from your team was going to leave tomorrow, how hard would you fight to keep them? And if the answer is not that hard, you probably should be saying goodbye now. Um, and if the answer is, oh my God, we'd be screwed if that person left, um, you should figure out what you would do in that situation and do it now. So if you could give them more salary, more stock, more title, more responsibility, whatever, just do it now. Like, don't ever, ever let it get to the point where that person is thinking of leaving uh, because that person, you know, you would do that anyway. So you might as well, you know, front load it and do it now. Um, so those are kind of the three things. And I think back to your point, AI is not going to change any of that. You know, AI is, AI is going to be just like we can't imagine the world now or, you know, my, my kids, you know, can't believe there was a world before the iPhone and the internet. You know, <laughs> it's going to be a point where you're like, of course you have an augmented brain called, you know, chat GPT or whatever it is, right? It's just another tool. The thing I love about this, Doug, is the one is deliberateness and like mm-hmm. you actually have these things. And the other is the curiosity element, which is like, mm-hmm. I'm asking the question about the fun 
because I want to understand like the root cause of like why they may not be having fun or why are they having fun? Mm -hmm. And then I can lean into them to create more of that. And I think that's something, of course, we love this as like the growth mindset, but like unlocking that curiosity as leaders is, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And I think like most, you know, the problem with culture is this word that's got a lot of baggage, right? Because a lot of people think, especially in Silicon Valley, it's like, oh, that means the ping pong tables and free beer and, you know, whatever. And it's like, that's not culture at all, right? (laughs) Culture, Culture is absolutely about like, you know, am I working with smart people? Am I, you know, being challenged? Am I excited? Do I feel connected to the mission that I'm on? All of these things. Um, and so I think that, that, you know, when I say fun, it's not like work is not supposed to be fun a hundred percent of the time, but in general, if you're not having fun for extended periods of time, I think Steve Jobs said this in his, his Stanford, you know, uh, commencement keynote, he's like, would you still look in the mirror? And it's like, you know, multiple days in a row, am I about to do what I'm really excited to go do? And the answer was no, like something's wrong. I gotta go, I gotta go fix something and change something. What would you say, Doug, to all of our leaders out there listening to this interview right now thinking, oh, that all sounds so lovely, but we're in an economic downturn and I don't have the luxury of investing in my people's engagement and happiness and all of these fluffy subjects that these people are talking about right now. This is what we see is tends to be the first thing to go on the chopping block, Mm -hmm. right? Is like investing in the people. What would you say to those leaders? I think it's just it's a lot more expensive to replace somebody than than um, nurture and develop them, right? So I think that um, you know, and and again, different industries are different. You know, I happen to live in the world of you know tech and Silicon Valley, and you know your your intellectual property walks out the door every day, right? And so if you're not engaging them, you know you're nothing, right? You've got you've got no company if you, if those folks are not interested. Um, so I, I, and it's been interesting to me cause I'm, I'm a huge remote work advocate, although, you know, I like people still, I like, you know, seeing them in person. Um, but this notion of like, Hey, we're going to force you to come to the office three days a week or five days a week, just because I think it's going to be higher productivity. Kind of crazy. I mean, like, you know, in my experience, like engineers would go home or like, you know, put a tent over their cube so they could be alone. So they could be productive. That's what productivity was. Um, and I think that the question I, I asked a while ago uh, when Airspeed got started was, if we if if this was what we're doing right now is if this is was the default for all work in the past, would we invent the office? And if so, what would it look like? And I guarantee you, it's not rows of cubes with people on Zoom calls, right? It's going to be like you know, it's like. Hey, we've got childcare and we've got a, you've got a cafeteria and we've got a restaurant and we've got these big collaborative meeting spaces. And, you know, that's where face to face is really interesting. Um, and I, I, especially with tools like, you know, Slack and huddles and stuff like that, I think there's, you know, a lot more spontaneous stuff than people realize that can happen. Um, but I think people are overstating how much, you know, productivity people got in the office versus how much productivity people get remotely. Um, but ultimately if you're not investing in these things, you're going to lose your best people over time. And that's going to be more costly than anything else you could do. And it's funny when you look at most HR tech companies, in fact, in, in boom times, their messaging is more around this, like, Hey, build great teams, build. And when it becomes hard, it's like, you know, they flip the messaging to like productivity and all this stuff. It's the same side of the same coin. 
Totally. And Doug, just because you're obviously you're plugged into big tech, like they've laid off, I don't know, a few hundred thousand last year. And I've seen releases already this year about some of these other big companies laying off thousands of folks. Like, how do you think about corporate layoffs? Because I think the data is out that it doesn't really work. However, the stock market does reward companies for laying folks off. So how do you think about it as a leader when we're hitting potentially some economic uncertainty? Like, how do we think about retention? Yeah, I think the um, listen. I've I've gone through. Fortunately, we're we're pretty lean at, at Airspeed, so it's not a, a, a consideration for us. But you know, I had my first company was during the dot com boom, and we you know everybody was just throwing money at us, and we got to you know way too many employees and had to do a pretty significant layoff, and that was the most painful thing I've ever done as leader in my life. Um, but some companies just grew too fast. I mean, if you raised money in twenty one, especially at like these crazy valuations. You know, you've got, you know, billion dollar plus valuations. Uh, what's the, the the phrase right now that I just heard today is unicorps, right? So there's basically companies that have rate are worth a billion dollars plus, And there's just no way they're going to get to, to see that value over time with kind of multiples. And, um, you know, I, I, for t- it's funny, I hear some first time entrepreneurs who are like, raise money in 21 and are like, living now in 23 going like we're going through these hard times i'm like no this is this is kind of what normal was 21 was the outlier in this in this uh equation um but i think listen sometimes companies grow too fast and have to do layoffs and i think that's critical i think the biggest lesson i took away was cut as deep as you possibly can once right because you know you want to remove uncertainty and you don't want to keep doing these like well here's here's another five percent another five percent another five percent so that's one. And two is do it really respectfully. I mean, I think that the great companies that I've seen do this well um, have set up, you know, entire teams to say, here's how we're going to help you find your next job. Here's how we're going to publish people who are there um, and and really make sure that people, people can land. Because um, it is this, you know, I always view this as this is a lifetime relationship with people, like treat people well, because you never know where it's going to come back to you. Um so I think that's that's part of it. Um, and I do think, you know, we're going to see more of it, frankly, because I do think one of the impacts of AI will be certain positions uh, will become, you know, you'll be able to do more with fewer people in certain roles. Um, and that's just going to be reality. But just like we transition from agricultural economy to industrial economy, you know, there's going to be, you know, 20 years from now, there'll be a whole bunch of job titles we couldn't even imagine today um, where these people are finding different ways of, of being productive. So, um, yeah, I don't, it, it's certainly not over by any means. Uh, but I do think it's, it, it's not a panacea. I think the, the key, the key is, you know, if you want to retain the people who are remaining with you, one is make sure they're really clear on the mission. They feel really, you know, un, like positive about where you're going. And I would say like, be firm on vision, but flexible on details. So we started out with the same mission I, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, help employees feel connected and celebrated. We've taken a little bit of twists and turns about like what the product looks like and where we ultimately land. But you, people have not gotten dejected in that process because they're like, I know we're still solving the same mission and that work that I did, you know, it's okay to put on the shelf. Um, I think that the, uh, so, so, th- so I think that connection to the mission and back to what we were talking about earlier, making sure that, that those people who remain feel really connected to each other 
and um, and uh, supported is is also a, a key part of that process. Doug, if you oh, you just yeah, uh, go ahead, add to it. Please no, just, I, I just I just remembered our, our the, the one app I wasn't thinking about before. Um, so we have, you know, it's specifically about connection. So my experience at Salesforce, as I said, I had a team of, you know, 70, 80 people and I, um, had only met like a fraction of them. And in my weekly meetings, by definition, I would only still meet only a fraction of them. And then I'd have this big group setting for like an all hands. So we, uh, um, we've created an app called coffee talk inside of airspeed where you can basically join a channel in Slack and say, yeah, I want to meet people I don't normally meet with. And you connect your calendar and we look at who you meet with normally and you can put in information like hey i want to meet with people outside of my department or i want to meet with people in customer support or like have all those kind of things and also here's the kind of stuff that i want to um, talk about and choose whether you want to meet two three four five people at a time and it'll automatically schedule on some regular cadence these kind of getting to know you meetings with people who are outside your normal circle so i think that's also a way to kind of build more of this connective tissue inside the organization I love how automation can help keep us primed in terms of the priorities, right? Because it can feel like so much for a leader to have to manage, right? On the people side of things. And so what I love about the technology you've created is it's just makes it impossible for you to miss a beat in terms of the integration of all of those different puzzle pieces where people are concerned. Doug, if you could leave our crowd of leaders with your favorite piece of advice here, in January of 2024, what would that advice be? Um, wow. So I think that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat and do weave multiple ones together because um, oh. I think the first thing is um, I'm a huge believer in working backwards. So kind of envision where you want to be, whether that's a month from now, a year from now, ten years from now and really trying to work backwards into those steps. Uh, that's one. And I think that uh, make sure in that journey that everybody else is aligned. So you can't, you cannot over communicate enough to that team to know what that journey is going to look like. Uh, and then the final thing I think is that I think the difference between successful companies and, and teams and the rest of folks is just perseverance. Just, you know, keep pushing at it. Yeah, I love it. And of course, we have to ask you our favorite question here on the Leadership Launchpad. What do you want your legacy to be? Great question. So I, uh, you know, this is my fourth company that I've done. And my greatest satisfaction is not just that people have made money, investors have made money, employees have made money, but that if you go back at those companies, those people say that was the best place I ever worked. So what I want my legacy to be is a bunch of people who go on to even bigger roles um, and say, I want to kind of recreate what I had with Doug back there. Amazing. That's a true leader, folks. Of course, if you want to find out more about Airspeed, get airspeed.com. You can find it there. And then I've also dropped Doug's LinkedIn in the podcast notes. So you can find him there. Is there anywhere else you want folks to find you? Um, D at getairspeed.com if you want to contact me directly. Perfect. We'll drop his email in the podcast notes as well. Obviously for us, hit subscribe Leadership Launchpad Project wherever you're listening to it now. And 
head on over to elitehighperformance.com slash Legacy League and check out and sign up to Legacy League. First two months are free. You'll get access to our elite leaders as well as all of our elite coaches in the locker room and new content lives. You'll be able to do so much stuff as well as take a free mini course about developing your own legacy. So just as Doug said, you can start with the end in mind and work your way back. Susan, is there anything you want to leave our folks with today? I'm just so inspired to see how technology is stepping into this 2.0 space and really helping us to optimize our human-centric approach to leadership. we got to try this in our locker room, eh, buddy? That's what I've been thinking That's what I've about been as thinking I've been this listening whole time. <laughs> to Doug and then plug it into the leadership locker rooms that we're out there serving. I just am so grateful that we met you today, Doug. This is totally a mission that's aligned with the one that we're on to change the way the game of life, leadership, and business is being played for forever through this type of human-centric approach. Well, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, and I just want to echo this, right, is I think right now we're in this period of time where there's a lot of uncertainty around AI and the future and technology, and some of it can be probably used for bad, and some of it can also be used for good. And I think where Doug was hit the nail on the head, right, is this is the Iron Man suit for leaders. And this is the ability for you to increase your effectiveness while still having the empathy and the human connection and all these skills that you've developed. And I think I see this as like, for me as, yes, I forget sometimes to give recognition. I forget to do these things. But if I'm now primed by Slack to say, hey, Rob, you got to do this, then I still am going to do it in the way that I've always done it in this empathetic way. Just now I don't forget. And I mm -hmm. think this is the key. And even that coffee one, I love that. I mean, of course, mm -hmm. our company is very small, so it doesn't really um, necessarily apply as much. But I was thinking back when I was working in big corporate is like, I would have loved to have this as a way to meet folks that I never would have met. And mm -hmm. I think that, I, I mean, I'm absolutely on board with this. We're going to talk after this about how we can get it to. And uh, Doug, it's been a, an amazing pleasure to connect with you. And of course, we'd love to have you back to chat more, maybe in later 2024. Folks, all right. thank you so Thanks, much everyone. for listening. And we'll see you all next week. Bye, everyone.